Hey everyone, this is Todd Stewart and welcome to another episode of In The Know, a dispatch powered podcast where we dive into everything that is customer focused and customer driven. Well, I am very excited for today's guest. For this episode, I am honored to chat with Dan Slagan, the CMO and GTM of Alignable, the networking platform for small and local business owners. Dan is one of the most respected and well-known marketers here in Boston for his work with HubSpot, Nanigans, and Wayfair. He's been featured on Bloomberg TV, Fast Money, The New York Times, Wall Street Journal, TechCrunch, AdAge, VentureBeat. Dan has been quoted in pretty much every major media outlet there is. And now he's leading the charge of all marketing efforts for Alignable. Today, we'll talk about two case studies of clever SMB consumer experience tactics, how customer experience can help SMBs maintain and build relationships, and what customer experience means to the SMB, and should they even care? I personally loved this conversation, found it very insightful, and most of all, found it very actionable. Grab a pen, grab some paper, and without any further ado, please welcome my good friend and today's guest, Dan Slayton. All right, Dan, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for coming today. Happy to be here. So the other day I was on LinkedIn and I came across your most recent article. Well, it wasn't the one you posted today, but it was the one from, I believe, a couple days ago. And I have to say it was really good. It was titled 10 years in the startup world for those considering a job change. I can't can't believe it's been that long, but yeah. (laughs) And there was one line that actually really stood out to me that I I thought was awesome, and I'd love to highlight it. And you said, the one thing you'll find is that if you're willing to work harder and smarter and think about things creatively and differently than other people, you'll keep moving ahead. And it's amazing how true this still is today. So I was thinking we can start off this podcast by sort of hearing your thoughts Can you give a personal example for really what you mean by that? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, you think about the startup world and sort of the growth expectations of of all these companies and, you know, none of them are reasonable. Um, All these companies want to grow 10x month over month and that's how you raise more money and that's how you build a unicorn and all that kind of stuff. And so if you're to come into a startup and sort of approach your day-to-day and week-to-week job in the same way that you would at a normal company, you know, you might do okay, but you're probably not going to move up the ranks as fast as you would have unless you really put in that extra time. So I think when I look at, you know, a lot of startups around the the city and the ones that I visit, you know, it's pretty clear when you go in who the all-stars are and who the rock stars are. And then you just have a bunch of people that are relatively happy just sort of coming in at nine, taking off at five, sort of doing what they need to do to, to get their paycheck. And I look at those folks and I think, you know, maybe the startup world isn't for you because there's a lot of stress in this world. Um, You have to work, you know, on the weekends and nights and mornings. And, you know, for those that want more of a work-life balance, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But, you know, you might be happier at more of an established company sort of outside of, of the startup world. When you look at those that rise up the ranks and the rock stars, what you really notice time over, you know, every single time basically is... They were the ones that did the jobs that no one wanted to do. They were the ones that put in the extra hours. They were the ones that thought creatively and they really wanted to make the the company grow. And that's something that, you know, regardless of the school you went to or the education or the department that you're into, you always have that opportunity with within a startup really to look at any area that's being ignored and turn it into a growth engine. For, for you personally, what, what was like an example of this? You know, I was at HubSpot uh, a, a number of years ago and I was working for, for Mike Volpe and, you know, 
couldn't speak highly enough about my experience there. Um, and so you know, one of the things that I was initially brought in to do was sort of run all of their paid advertising and then kind of worked, worked my way into partnerships. And on the marketing partnership side, it was something where, you know, we hadn't really had a lot of success in the past and it was really hard and we had a solid brand, but to kind of align our company with other companies that we wanted to like Facebook and LinkedIn, it was going to take a lot of work and a lot of travel. And it was something where, you know, no one else was doing it at the time. And so I looked at a company that was growing. I saw so many smart people at the company. And I thought this is my chance to make it at this company and to really make a name for myself. So I spent, you know, just just under a year basically living in San Francisco. I would go out there every two weeks for what felt like two weeks every time. And I would constantly go to Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter and have all these business development and, and, and marketing growth meetings. And finally, we started to win um, some pretty lucrative marketing partnership contracts with them. And that's one of the things that really put our growth engine um, kind of in, in, into the next level. But it was one of those things where, again, you know, the opportunity was, was absolutely there. It just hadn't been taken and owned by anyone yet. And so I was the first one to kind of take it, own it, and, and level it up. You come from Alignable. You're the CMO over there. And I know that you are consistently thinking about sort of that this customer experience and, and how customers are perceiving you guys as an organization and, and how they're flowing right from the beginning all the way to the end. And so that's why I'd like to transition to talk about this customer experience and how it can help SMBs maintain and build relationships. So I'd love to just clear the waters right in the beginning. Sometimes the term customer experience gets thrown around, I think, a lot in the SMB world. So I'd love to know from you, uh, what is the definition of customer experience and, and what does that entail for an SMB? So customer experience, um, you know, it really is how your brand gets projected out in into the world. Um, this could be when people are interacting with colleagues or friends or reading about you in uh, the press, getting a sales call, signing up for your company, churning out of your company, remaining a lifelong client. It's really that start to finish life cycle of your customer and who they interact with um, uh, along the way. Why is that important now? I, I don't know if you're noticing this, but I, I think 2017, it's all about the customer. And why should that really matter for an SMB? And why all of a sudden is it, does it matter in 2017? Why didn't it matter in 2016? I'd love to say it's sort of the golden rule of treat others how you'd like to be treated. Um, but working in this industry for the last 10 years in the marketing department, it seems like it's a little bit more tied to acquisition and revenue. You know, on the acquisition side, there's no doubt that it's getting harder and harder to acquire customers. Paid mediums that used to work historically are no longer working as well. There's a lot of saturation in the marketing uh, in, in, in the marketing world. Barrier to entry in the marketing world is exceptionally low. So there's a ton of competition and all this impacts revenue. You know, the more you pay for your customers, the, the, the less you're actually going to make. And then furthermore, once you actually acquire a customer, being able to retain them is, is pretty critical. So I think that the focus on customer experience and keeping people happy and keeping people loving your brand and sort of spreading the love about your brand out into the market uh, is, is strictly tied to acquisition and revenue. What do you think brought that on? Like brought the change on for businesses to focus more on customer experience? Yeah, competition got pretty intense in the last 10 years. The rise of everything, internet, mobile, social, startups, 
Um, I mean, it's pretty wild to watch companies like GE and Ford competing with companies that didn't even exist uh, 10 years ago. And so, you know, imagine what a smaller, medium-sized business is, is thinking when they have to try and compete with, with companies like Amazon. Um, you know, furthermore, sort of in, in the tech world, uh, whether it's a network, e-commerce or SaaS, you know, being able to show month over month growth, retention, and sort of being able to predict and forecast your revenue uh, oftentimes is what will determine whether or not you're able to survive and, and raise another round. So I think when it comes down to the customer, it really came down to the lifeblood of the company and really determining the, the future. What can SMBs do with their customer experience as far as their strategy to help strengthen their relationships with their existing customers? I actually think the customer experience strategy is one that's relatively easy, but again, it's one that often gets ignored quite a bit. And I think because the best way to do it is actually sort of blue collar work. Uh, you really just have to talk to your customers and you have to make it a consistent part of your strategy. And it's something you have to do every single week and spend a significant portion of, of your time on it. I mean, at Alignable, you know, while a few people have small business experience and some people have even started their own business, you know, the majority of folks come from a tech background. So how are we going to craft our customer experience from the boardroom? There's, there's just no way. We need to spend time with the business owners on the ground, hearing the struggles that they're going through, hearing the successes they're having, um, you know, hearing what they'd like to see out of the SMB world and, and really connect with them that way. What do you guys do when you speak with these business owners to sort of sift through the information to try to find some themes? Do you guys have strategies internally when it comes to Alignable for doing this? I would say we have sort of guidelines to the conversation. I wouldn't say that we have a script per se, but there's a few things that we're definitely looking to get out of each of our conversations, whether it's, it's an in-person coffee or a phone call. And what's nice is that we establish sort of what we'd like to get out of the call, both when we're emailing or contacting them for the discussion. And then we also start the discussion off by really outlining kind of why we're having a discussion, why we think it's important, and then furthermore, why it's going to benefit them. Uh, you know, anytime you're speaking to your customer or a small business owner, their time is, is quite valuable. And so we want to make sure that we're using their time wisely and that we're also taking their feedback to make their experience better in the future. Are they customers that you guys target specifically to say we want to reach out to them or have they already initiated conversation and then that actually facilitates this whole feedback loop? That's that's a great question. It's funny. People sort of tell you without telling you. Uh, if, if you look for the right signals, I mean, it's fairly clear to see folks that are not particularly thrilled with your company. It's also quite clear when you see people that absolutely love your company. And it's not beneficial to only focus on one side. You really have to, to speak to folks across the entire spectrum. So when we see people that are particularly frustrated, we reach out to really understand why. When we see people that are kind of head over heels for, for our network, uh, we, we like to do the same and really feel, feel out and understand you know, why they're having success and, and what was the thing that really made everything click for them. As far as creating great customer experiences, it's more about when it comes to already existing customers, it's opening that line of communication. I think that's right. And I also think being able to personalize it as much as possible. So, you know, we try and speak to just as many B2B clients as B2C. We try and speak to business owners in, you know, health and fitness, 
to folks that might own a pet store, to folks that might run an accounting firm. I mean, you really have to get the full spectrum of everyone that, that that's involved. So that's with already existing customers. What can SMBs do to strengthen relationships with potentially new customers? One of the things that we've obviously seen a, quite a rise in over the past couple of years is, is online reviews. Um, and I think anything that does really well online is usually just a manifestation of something that's already happening in the real world. And so if you think about the number of reviews that happen on uh, Yelp or TripAdvisor or Amazon, I mean, think about the number that is just going on uh, in-person conversations that don't get recorded uh, by your phone or, or by the internet um, that's going on all the time. So, you know, if you don't think that your customers are being asked by other prospects about your brand, you're crazy. So what you want to do is, A, make sure your customers are particularly happy and speak well about you and also that they have your brand right. You want to make sure that they kind of have the talking points, they know what the value add of your brand particularly is, and that they're putting you guys in, in the best light. One of the things that we've seen be pretty interesting is we actually have uh, NPS ratings for all of the SMB brands. And so our users actually go and rate you know, Google versus Google AdWords versus Twitter versus MailChimp, and you can get a sense of sort of how the community actually is, is talking about your brand. Now, you said create personalized communication. How are you doing that at Alignable? For us, you know, we are a network. And so for, for us to grow, uh, we obviously want as many people speaking highly about our brand as possible and sharing the network with as many business owners as possible. So what we try and do is we really try and tell the right story from start to middle to what will never be the finish, but sort of the, the progression, if you will. So when folks initially come in, we really want them to know, hey, Here's what Alignable is. Here's why we're different. Here's why we started this thing. And here's what we can offer you. And then once someone actually joins the network, it's okay. Now that you're in here, here are the benefits of it. Here's what you should learn. And if you're going to talk to other folks about us, here's some of the things that we'd like you to say. And so essentially you're getting your customers on the same line and setting them up for success to be able to promote your brand in the right light. Yeah, we are. I think it's, it's something that you know, some companies, uh, understandably so, but have been a little bit afraid to do in, in the past. You know, you have all these customers that are in theory happy uh, with your brand and, and they're happy paying customers or users. They are absolutely your best source of advertising. So being able to galvanize that group of people and get them out in the market speaking well about your brand is a huge benefit for, for your marketing and, and particularly your, your sales team. How can a small business measure that their customer experience strategies are working versus they're not working? So I think, you know, at, at larger companies, obviously we can use analytics and tracking codes and we can get pretty smart about it. Uh, for a small business owner, they often don't have time or experience with those types of things. So a lot of time they're really just depending on word of mouth and referrals and something as easy as, hey, how did you hear about us? Um, you know, during a, on, on the website, when someone's purchasing something, you can ask, Hey, where did you hear about us? Um, but really just a, a lot of discussions. You actually mentioned off air that companies are a little afraid to ask their customers to do something for them, whether that is like leave a review or, Hey, how are we doing? What things can we improve in? Why are companies afraid of doing that? You know, at, at some of the, the larger companies, especially the SaaS companies, I, I completely understand it having, having lived it myself. 
you know, if you email a thousand of your customers just to ask them a question or to ask them to help you out, inevitably you're going to awaken some sleeping dogs and they're going to call your sales team and, and churn out. So I completely understand sort of the, the hesitancy, but, you know, I think being able to focus on the users that you really know are happy with your brand, the ones that really love you and finding ways to get them to do some marketing on, on your behalf really does become a win-win situation because a lot of customers that are happy with some of the startups, they really are excited uh, that your company came around in the last five or 10 years. They've been waiting for exactly what you offer and they really want to be a part of your growth story. And something as little as sending them a t-shirt or entering them into your new beta just gets them so excited. But it's creating that personalized experience for them. Definitely. Yeah. I, I don't think that it's something, you know, especially in the early days, you can try and automate or worry about doing at scale. It's having as many one-on-one -on -one conversations as possible. And it's time consuming, but it's absolutely a, a good use of time. You came with a couple case studies that highlight clever SMB customer experience tactics that the businesses have done with virtually little to zero marketing budgets. What are those case studies? Let's talk about those. We have two that I think come to mind. The first one I actually just, I saw this week actually. Um, on Alignable, we have a pretty active question and answer discussion forum happening between business owners. And one business owner asked, what has been your most successful marketing campaign? And we had, I want to say, four or 500 people engage in, in the discussion and, and leave comments and remarks. And the one that won overwhelmingly was handwritten letters to existing customers. And the Old hand, school. I know. Yeah, old school. And the handwritten letter uh, was sort of asking two things. Kind of one, uh, would you like to come back? And then two, you know, tell others about this promotion that we have going on. And not only did it work well for this one particular business owner, but you had, I want to say almost 30 or 40 other people sort of chime in just on that particular thread to say, oh yeah, I've done this before too. It's it's really worked well. So, you know, in a world of, of online and everything's fast moving and automated and, you know, uh, artificial intelligence, it was actually kind of nice to see that this kind of homegrown, old school, as you put it, uh, marketing method won, won out. I can't see a situation where it wouldn't work, but do you think this might not work for a specific business? I used to say, you know, perhaps if it's something where you need to send out hundreds or thousands of them, it might not be a great use of your time. However, there are ways to even automate the personalized greeting cards these days. And in addition, uh, you know, take a look at your worst performing marketing channel and you never know. So what's the other case study you wanted to bring up? The other case study was, this is this is a great one. Uh, there were two small businesses. Uh, both of them did not have particularly large marketing budgets, but one was a liquor store and one was sort of a wellness and massage parlor. And what they decided to do was offer a whiskey tasting and half an hour uh, back massage. Mm, that sounds good. Yeah, right. So it was sort of a happy hour. I believe they hosted it at the liquor store, but folks, folks could go over there and they'd have a great whiskey tasting and then they'd get a back massage. And so they would pay a uh, small fee to to do that. And the two companies would kind of split the revenue. You know, aside from the cash that was exchanged just that evening, it was a great way to increase awareness for both of their companies. Because again, if you kind of think about how much it would cost to try and email all the users that were on each other's email lists or get access to them or pay for them on Google or Facebook, 
um, it's it's time. It's a lot of time and it's definitely costly. So they were able to basically email each other's customer bases for one another for free and for a great opportunity that customers responded well to. How does that relate though to customer experience? On the customer experience side there, I mean, first of all, you sort of have two brands that are not afraid to try something new. You know, I think when you look at sort of all the competition that's out there, I mean, what really differentiates any company within the same vertical or, or the same space? I mean, you have companies that sell the exact same thing. You have companies that offer the exact same services. What really differentiates companies is the customer experience and what you offer along the way. So, you know, you have any liquor store in town that you could go to. Are you going to go to the one that didn't offer you this new and cool thing? or the one that offered you a back massage? And then how does that sort of resonate over time? So not only is it a good way to create a new customer experience for people that haven't heard of your brand before, but it's also a really good way to drive customer retention home. For companies that are listening to this and saying, ooh, like, that sounds pretty interesting. One, I could I could go for a glass of whiskey and also back massage right now. But if they're saying, oh, that's a great idea. I, I want to look at these partnerships. What are some levels of criteria that they should be checking the boxes off to say, I want to partner with this company? If you are a small business owner, something as easy as just thinking about who your target customer is and then thinking about all of the companies near you that share that same customer. It might not be immediately obvious to you, you know, what a co-promotion or co-marketing program could be, but just start by listing out, okay, here's the five or 10 businesses in town or businesses that are near me that do at least share the, the same customer. And then just start to kick around some ideas. Um, you know, we recently had a, a snowstorm here in Boston and it, it, it's kind of a funny one, but you know, you had a lot of people out there shoveling and doing a lot of work outdoors. So I'm sure that a lot of people wanted to go to the chiropractor. So you could think about the store that's selling the shovels and the chiropractor. Now, maybe one that's a little bit silly, a little bit funny, but you have to explore all your options and, and, and just see what works. But you'd never really think about that unless you really do make the list and say, okay, who do I share a customer base with? And then consider all the possibilities. So I think you're actually one of the, the best people that, that I've ever met that can jump on the phone and, and pitch an idea like that. How do you approach that conversation? Let's take that exact same example for the chiropractor. How would you start that conversation? Yeah, this was actually, we did a study about this about six months ago and the results were fascinating. What we wanted to know was what scares business owners the most about going over and talking to other business owners or reaching out because we saw all these great opportunities for businesses to work together and to co-promote, but we saw a lot of hesitancy. And that's actually one of the reasons that Alignable was started. But you know, the study basically showed that business owners get so many sales calls per day. Some of them were getting as many as six to 10 per day from just salespeople trying to sell them SEO or social media or cable or anything else that they don't want to call other businesses because then they feel like they're being salesy. So they were actually somewhat intimidated by it, but they were completely fine with getting an email. You know, if you're the, if you're the owner of a business and you just shoot over a friendly email, Hey, I have this idea, would love to talk. They were more than receptive to it. And maybe if that doesn't work, they can send a handwritten note. You could definitely send a handwritten note. I like that. Awesome. Well, well, Dan, I'd love to finish with uh, how can companies get in contact with you? What, what's the best way? 
I am dan at alignable.com. Cool. Well, uh, well, thanks for joining today. I can assure you that everybody listening can find something about this and apply to their own business. If you'd like to learn more about Alignable and Dan, please visit the Dispatch blog. That is blog.dispatch.me. And Dan, once again, thanks for coming on today. Thank you. If you want to learn more about customer experience and digital marketing, head over to the Dispatch blog, that is blog.dispatch.me, all one word, and give Dan a shout. Remember to subscribe to In The Know on iTunes and SoundCloud. And if you like this episode, please leave us a review. We'd greatly appreciate it. As always, thanks for joining, and we'll see you next episode.